While I'm always happy to hope that it's summer wherever you are, even here in the Golden State, the sunshine of California is diminished by the growing storms, these waves of dark clouds and torrential rain, a little bit of flash flooding, and plenty of good reasons to stay inside, bundle up, get under a blanket, build a fire, crank up the heater, or just throw on all of your coziest clothing, and settle down with something that is so entertaining, you simply won't want to leave your seat. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 36. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and I'm going to pause for that oh-so-lovely introduction music. And with that ado, I welcome you where I am currently residing on a couch with a blanket and a great slew of comic books to share with you. As always, right here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, I pick my top five DC comics each and every week. Who am I? Well, that's a great question. My name is Seth Singleton. I write and review and host this show for DC Comics News. I've loved every aspect of the DC Comics transition from the time I first started reading comics until the point we're at now. Nothing's perfect, and I do have my share of complaints, but I use that experience to inform my choices, and I'm happy to share them with you today. Let's go ahead and dive right in with Batman number 84. Now, if you've been following along, you're well aware that Batman and his father from another reality, Thomas Wayne, have not been seeing eye to eye, and Thomas is on a mission to convince Batman that he isn't Batman, that there's no need for him to be Batman, that Thomas Wayne is the only Batman, and it's for this reason that Thomas Wayne from another reality, has done his best to take away everything from Bruce that makes him Batman. All of his surroundings and foundations have been removed, and in this isolation, Thomas wishes to convince Bruce that there is no reason to keep fighting, that the number of losses he has taken are enough for any man, let alone someone who isn't really Batman to stop, to give it all up, to walk away, and know that Gotham will always be safe because Thomas is Batman. But we also get a different perspective here in this great story from Tom King, featuring, of course, the lovely pairing with Jorge Fornes on art, Jody Belair with colors, and Clayton Cowles providing the letters. Mikel Yannan provides the cover, and also Francesco Mattina offering up the variant cover. Go ahead and pick your favorite. I already did. It's sitting on my shelf, and it's something I really enjoyed reading. Simply because, at this point, 
I know enough about Tom King's writing to expect the unexpected and to receive information that could have been provided at a different time. But much like a mystery is about the slow revelation, especially as you get closer to the prize, to the answer to the question, or more importantly, to the question itself, which is, why is Thomas Wayne doing this? And through this issue, Tom King provides a number of examples that illustrate the world Thomas Wayne came from, and how so much of it began with the death of his son, Bruce, in his reality, and how his promise was to stop and prevent anything that might ever cause Bruce pain, only to then find himself in a new reality where Bruce is still alive, has become a version of Thomas that Thomas despises, and according to Thomas, this even led Martha in that other reality to take her own life at the news that her lost son in another reality was the very thing she despised and hated in her own. Through this compelling narrative, we get a chance to learn more about Thomas's motives, how in many ways they mirror those of any loving father, and also how, through his eyes, it's clear to see that he believes that he, and only he, has the right perspective, the right approach, and the right promise to bring about the best world possible for everyone he loves and cares about. Whether or not you believe it is really up to the reader and also part of the experience because the issue begins with a punch and it ends with a threat. And of course, it's the penultimate, the issue before Tom King's final issue, number 85, City of Bane. And it'll be interesting to see just how much this informs the viewpoint of readers to this point. And as we finish this series and lead into the next and final issue, how it is that they will view this entire run. Not only the City of Bane storyline, but Tom King's run on Batman since he first began writing his stories. I was impressed with the fact that this was very much like a mystery story in which the writer has taken the time to build so many points without referencing them, only to then, at the end of the story, look backwards and highlight all of these moments that were unclear to the reader or to the process of the story up until this point. Does this new revelation insight change everything that's gone before? Does it inform more? Or does it only harden the perspective that the reader has developed up to this point? It's an interesting choice, and it shows a great degree of careful planning and detailed thought and plotting. If you're a fan of storytelling, this is an element worth looking at, studying, and considering. Because achieving is more than just making the attempt. It's about defining what the terms of success are. I personally thought this was a great book, a solid 5 out of 5, because I believe that while it's not something that's common in comic book storytelling, it is something that pushes 
structure of the narrative, and it also challenges what our expectations of the narrative are and should be. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Stay tuned for the end of the show when I give you all the ways that you can do that. Let's go ahead and slide along now to my second choice. Now I find this interesting, and it'll be an experience I'll enjoy to find out whether or not you did too. What I'm talking about is my second choice for the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 36, featuring comics released on December 4th from DC Comics. Deathstroke number 50 is not just a 50th issue, a milestone issue in a run with a glossy cover, extra variants, or some other combination of kitsch. This is a very compelling story that has been composed, created, and very well crafted by Priest with pencils by Carlo Pugulian and Fernando Bassan. Inks provided by Jason Paz, Eau Claire Albert, Norm Ratman, and Danny Mickey, combined with great colors from Jerome Cox and Willie Schubert on the letters with Carlo Pugulian, Jason Paz, and Jerome Cox providing the cover and scan, offering up a brilliant variant cover. Now, what catches my attention about this story is how many elements from it mirror the experience in Batman number 84. In Deathstroke number 50, we have two Slade Wilsons, one from our reality, one from another reality. And because of that, both have different motives and are completely unclear on the motives that each other is currently pursuing. What they do know is that they are changing the future for both of them, and in that process, causing a bit of destruction and heartache along the way. What compels me about this story is how similar a Slade Wilson from another reality mirrors the passion and pursuit of Thomas Wayne from his reality. And this Slade Wilson is determined to fix the mistakes that he knows Slade Wilson is making and show him how things can be different. Now, whether or not Slade Wilson from our reality is willing to listen is based on what you think you know about Slade Wilson. Is he the kind of man who's willing to change? The kind of man who's willing to listen? The kind of man who believes that someone else could be right and he might be wrong? For all of his intelligence, Slade Wilson is often plagued by his own belief that no one knows better than him and that his way is the best way, the right way, and the only way. Now, because of that, even my French bulldog, Bruno, begins to snore and relax in understanding because he believes that while it's important to have your convictions, blindly following them has always led to chaos and tragedy throughout history. This issue is not saved from that consequence and the difficulties. While they have a positive spin 
at times also point to the complexity of a character like Slade Wilson and why Deathstroke the Terminator will always be an unpredictable variable and a great challenge, if not threat, to all the potential planning and the hopes and dreams of the heroes in DC Comics and the universe that it brings to life. I thought this was a great issue. I thought it brings to close with no degree of uncertainty and many degrees of difficulty, a very challenging storyline, and also a very impressive run on a great title that I thought introduced so many impressive elements of Slade Wilson's life, family, and universe, and in the process informed us even more about the character while at the same time never straying from his roots. I'm looking forward to seeing who else can study this example and tell us the next chapter of Slade Wilson, Deathstroke the Terminator. I thought issue number 50 was a great finale to this current run, and it's one of the reasons why I'm very happy to give it a solid 5 out of 5. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Stay tuned to the end for all the ways I let you know how to do that. But in the meantime, it's time to take a quick break, pause for a few announcements, and then come back to you with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. The rain's starting to pound just a little bit harder outside. I'm looking forward to sharing the rest of these books with you and then settling back for a little more enjoyable reading. Here's that break. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. And now that we're back from that break, I'd like to say welcome. Hope you got a little bit of new information from the team here at DC Comics News through those great ads. And I'm ready to dive into my third, fourth, and fifth choices for the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 36. For my next choice, my third choice, I have Justice League, number 37. We are knee-deep 
in part eight of the Justice Doom War, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Jorge Jimenez, brilliant colors by Alejandro Sanchez, letters by Tom Napolitano, a cover by Francis Manipal that I simply could not resist, and a Tony S. Daniel and Tomu Mori variant cover that I simply had to pick up. How far can you keep pushing a story like the Justice Do More? I think it's one of the great challenges. It's almost like a reverse of the limbo. Instead of trying to see how low you can go, the challenge becomes how far can you keep pushing not only the story, but the characters before they eventually break? Because in the end, we all have our limits, right? And yet for characters like Superman, Batman, the entire ensemble of the Justice League, and so many of the great characters that they meet and interact with, that's not actually true. What we generally find is that these heroes continue to take the strain, take the challenge, push beyond it all, and find a way to do what they know needs to be done. Right now, the team is trying to create its own totality something that can fight back against the overwhelming totality of Perpetua. But this isn't just a cerebral exercise. Outside of the Hall of Justice, which is now floating above the ground and controlled like a warship by Batman, if you missed last issue, this is something you might want to pick up, if only for the moment when you see the Hall of Justice become a flying battleship. Its role in supporting the rest of the team is an attempt to fend off the onslaught by Lex Luthor and his army of apex predators, intent on destroying the Justice League, and they believe the last vestige standing in their way of a past that Perpetua is rewriting even as they speak. But all is not lost. In possession of just one or two fragments of totality, the Justice League have been fighting to connect all of the members of their team, one of which is Shaira and her son Shane from the future, stranded in space and under attack from the Anti-Monitor, who has been combined with the Monitor and the World Forger into a larger version of himself powerful version tasked by Perpetua to destroy Shane and Shire before they can reconnect with the Justice League and have even the slightest glimmer of a possibility of overturning Perpetua's plan. The stakes get more intense and the challenge increases with each attack made by the deadly force of the Anti-Monitor and by the onslaught of Lex Luthor and his Apex Predator army. And yet the Justice League, fighting to hold on, even at its weakest, sees a glimmer of hope and a chance to maybe turn the tide of this war. There's, in my opinion, more than a few issues left to finish telling this story, and I'm intrigued to see how much further Scott Snyder can continue to push these characters. 
the story is very well supported by a brilliant team of artists who capture so many wonderful atmospheres and environments with great color choices and a recognition of how illumination plays so well in this story and how the brightest of lights always seem to reflect brighter when they shine or when they shine on amazing characters like the team we've come to know as the Justice League. It's hard sometimes to feel like I'm being honest when I give three books out of five, if not five total, a five out of five score. And yet at the same time, I know what I've been reading. I'm well aware of what it's achieved. And sometimes you just have to call a card exactly what it is, whether it's an ace, a king, or a joker. As far as I'm concerned, the Justice League is a full house and an impressive combination that in this story displays so many of their best strengths while also recognizing it's their weaknesses and their need to rely on each other that makes them so impressive, so powerful, and such an example that I continue to look to whenever my life becomes a little more difficult or when I'm facing a challenge that I'm not sure I can handle or overcome while still being myself, well aware of the fact that these people are doing things they never believed they could or imagine they could overcome, let alone face. And if I can live by their example, well, who knows what I'm capable of doing. A solid 5 out of 5 for me for Justice League number 37, and with only two left and three books so far with perfect scores. Will this be another show with all five out of fives? Two more books to go. Let's see. Now my fourth choice is Collapser number six out of six, which means this run, this short series, has come to a close with this sixth issue. And our hero, Liam, is facing a challenge that many DC characters can probably relate to. That challenge, of course, is the fact that his father has come to Earth. And his father has not only come to Earth, but he's come to Earth and he's stolen the black hole that Liam had inherited from his mother. And then we learn, through actually a perceived enemy of Liam's, that the legacy was something that his mother took from his father. See, when his father found the black hole, he became corrupted by it and in turn tried to corrupt others. He became a force that took on planets and became something that they needed to fight against if they wanted to survive. Liam's mother understood this as well, and that's why at a moment of weakness, when he was extremely vulnerable, she stole the black hole from Liam's father and then did something that surprised probably everyone who had been following their story. She became a hero. She inspired. She encouraged. She found ways to use this power for good and was no longer a perceived threat to those who had previously sought to stop her former husband. Liam's father. Her death was brought about in a very painful way 
and the legacy was shared with Lee through the introduction of a new group of characters, ones who remind me just the tiniest bit of this Guardians of the Universe feeling. Something that reminds me of those impish little men always pushing the Green Lanterns and calling into question their actions. And yet, these versions of the Guardians appear to be just a bit funny. Not funny ha-ha, but, well, I guess the best word I can use is odd. They don't have the same degree of serenity or seriousness. And because of that, and the overall nature of Collapser and the the world he lives in, they don't have that degree of finality. They seem sort of like the bumbling, absent-minded uncle who has the best stuff and is the most fun, but tends to be just a little bit unreliable. And yet, with their assistance and a little bit of insight, Liam is able to find a way to challenge his father in an attempt to reclaim what appears to be his birthright and to try to set right and atone for the sins of his own father. I think this is a really great issue that not only sets up who Liam is and what his challenges will continue to be, but also how so much of who he is is a foundation built not on the relationship with parents that he never really knew. A mother who is now gone and a father who potentially could be his mortal enemy, but if nothing else is his current enemy. And because of that, Liam is also forced to use what he has come to rely on to give him strength. Interestingly enough, in this story, that power comes from music. And as a DJ, as someone who has immersed himself in the power of music to impact an entire room, he uses that music to block out all of the voices of doubt that make him question who he is and what he's capable of. And relying on the passion of the music that he believes in, he in turn believes in himself and is able to act despite all of those doubts, all of those questions, and all of his own uncertainty. I was really impressed with this story from Mikey Way and Sean Simon, with beautiful art by Ilias Curiazis, colored by Chris Peter, letters by Simon Bolin, and a very impressive cover by Ilias Curiazis. What I loved about this issue was not only the compelling story by Mikey Way, but how this artistic team did so many really impressive things. I love the layers of texture and the way a filter is placed on scenes from the past or scenes that are not only poignant, but also powerful. There's this moment when the story is so compelling that during a pause, it can be easy to see with just a moment of looking around the different elements from the art that are making that story hit home so well. And it's the subtlety and the soft detail and crafting that makes it seem like such an effortless occurrence. 
when in reality, clearly, it was done with a great deal of purpose. I really enjoyed the way Collapser brings to a close this six-issue run, and I'm intrigued to see where we will see this character appear next. I think there are more than a few places where he could find a home. I'm not saying Doom Patrol or any other titles known for their oddity, and yet at the same time, I can't say that there wouldn't be the potential for a great fit. Where exactly he will pop up next in the DC Universe is something I'm looking forward to discovering and hopefully sharing with you in a title that I would like to see live up to the great standards this six-issue run has set. I'm happy to give Collapser a solid 5 out of 5 and look forward to sharing my fifth choice with you now in the hopes that we can find out whether or not all of these books will get that perfect score. Now for that fifth and final choice, I am more than happy, pleased, and a little proud to share with you the wonderfully weird and wild story of Inferior 5. The plot and pencils provided by Keith Giffen and the plot and script from Jeff Lemire are, or Lemire, I can never get some of these names right, and I feel like I change my pronunciation from week to week, if not moment to moment. That should not be a reason to not pay attention to the amazing work that these two gentlemen are doing together. They're joined by inker Michelle Delecki, colors by High Five, letters by Rob Lay, and Scott Koblish and Hi-Fi, providing a really amazing cover. I've loved this book, and I have been shamelessly proud about talking about it, and all of the things that I think it does so extremely well, and does so while illuminating a corner of the DC Universe that is probably very easy to forget. And yet, it does this amazing thing where it looks back on the past, raises questions about stories and events that, in the moment, have so much going on, it's really hard to look at them closely for all the impacts and effects they might be having. And yet, in the story of the Inferior Five, we're reminded that the Dominators and the Dominion came during Invasion to activate the metagene and to use it so that those in space could take advantage of all the wonderful powers that these aliens believe Earth has selfishly tried to keep all to themselves. Why should Earth have the only beings capable of harnessing and using the metagene? I think this has something to do with the five characters referred to as the inferior five who somehow have been able to exist in a place known as Dangerfield, Arizona and who up until recently have been a team of four watching with great regularity while a potential fifth member arrives and then is eventually eliminated. Along the way we've had the appearance of Starro Tasmanian Devil, who in this issue is not who he appears to be. And because there's this great little backstory, this additional story at the end of each issue, 
featuring the Peacemaker, we learn that his mission, while seemingly opposite and completely unconnected to what's been going on with the Inferior Five, actually begins to draw a series of connections to the Inferior Five simply through the location of Dangerfield, Arizona. This wild and wonderful story has great characters, impressive layers of tension, suspense, and intrigue, and more importantly, a willingness to recognize the absurdity that seems to always be understated when it comes to these big events or the aftermath that they often leave behind or move past without ever looking back and recognizing just what the impacts, consequences, and other causes might reveal. Inferior 5 has really impressed me, and I'm intrigued because something that has really come to mind as I've begun talking about this is this great little statement I saw at my local comic shop last week, and it was in reference to Jeff Lemire, Lemire whose name I promised to one day get correct. And it says, we have a saying around the comic shop, in Lemire we trust. And it proceeded to describe one of the many books he's done such an amazing job of turning into unforgettable pieces of literature, narrative, and storytelling. All of those amazing attributes are on display in this book and reasons why I've been so proud to share it with you and make it a regular feature on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. It's my pleasure to say that my five books from the DC Comics News Spinner Rack for the week of December 4th have all been five out of five, and Inferior Five also lives up to that promise. That 5 out of 5 score is not given lightly. It's one I'm proud and happy to share with this book as well as with all the books I've been lucky enough to share with you today. If you need to, you can click on the liner notes from the DC Comics News podcast for this episode to look over all of those books and have the chance to get them all if they're still available from your local comic shop. And then if you're interested... Share your thoughts with me. We've got a few great ways how. Let's start with the fact that the DC Comics News Podcast is currently available on all major podcast platforms. So whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play where you go to listen to your favorite shows, all you have to do is go to your platform. Look up, find, type in, or simply hit the subscribe button next to the information about this episode for the DC Comics News Podcast, and you're guaranteed to always get the newest and freshest from the DC Comics News team. We've got a lot going on between this show, the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, and our other regular weekly show, the DC Comics News Podcast, a great collaboration of writers and artists talking about the newest in news from DC Comics. We also have the newest addition to our gang, that of Mr. Steve J. Ray, our co-conspirator on the DC Comics News podcast, who has now been hosting his episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series in a podcast titled I Am the Knight. Again, 
subscribe to the DC Comics News Podcast on your favorite platform, and you'll get the chance to catch every episode of The Spinner Rack, the DC Comics News Podcast, and the new I Am The Night Podcast from our own Mr. Steve J. Ray. If you have amazing questions, comments, or you just have something you want to share, you can always let us know on your favorite social media channel, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or YouTube. All you have to do is use the at symbol and DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. If you want to reach out and send me a message, please feel free to find me on Twitter. The at symbol, the number one, more singleton. That's one more singleton. And you can either tag me with that address or the at DC Comics address to let me know your thoughts, your scores, your opinions about this or any episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. It's been my pleasure to bring these five books with you today, just like every week, and I look forward to coming back to share with you next week all of the books coming out from DC Comics on December 10th. This has been the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton, and of course, I have just one last message to share with you, and that is to always read more comics. Cue the outro music and catch you next week.